everybody. Welcome to D Comedy, our rewatch, review, whatever you want to call it, uh, podcast. Uh, I don't. That's pretty much the only part of the intro I could use because this is our second bonus episode. So we aren't D commentators. We're just snobby film critics, I guess. Because this thing was in theaters, folks. You had to pay money for a ticket to this. It was not made for TV. It was made for theater Big release. Bucks. Yes, this was a theatrically released film we're discussing. This is our second bonus episode. It won the poll that I put out on Twitter, and we promised we would do it like four months ago, and we're finally getting around to it. So Nobody cares about this that much, Luke. Um, yeah, no one's I waiting know. with bated breath for this, except for me, because it was amazing. <laughs> I was. I was. I didn't know about it until earlier this week. But so, as always, I am Luke. I'm Emma. I'm and Ashley. Joy- and yes, and join us this <laughs> month. We have Ashley. She's introducing herself, folks. <laughs> I'm really ready. I can ready. tell. So. I'm ready to dive right in. <laughs> she has seven We're gonna dive right in. She's not afraid to use them, folks. <laughs> so this, uh, not this month, because again, it's, this isn't a monthly thing. This is just this bonus episode, I guess. We are discussing uh, the Lizzie McGuire movie, which I know we say at the beginning of every episode that the film is a classic, but even though this isn't decom, I'm going to say it anyway. The classic Lizzie McGuire this movie. is a classic. It's, it is truly one of the better movies we've ever watched. This is an actual classic. It's Academy Award worthy. This movie should have egot it. It should have won an Oscar. It should have won a Grammy for that song. It should have been adapted into a Broadway musical and then won a Tony. Oh I it, like it should have yes. won everything. Honestly, I, I think I should say that this movie is much better than anyone like thought it would be or it really deserves to be because if you ask me hey we're gonna make lizzie mcguire the movie i would expect not something of this quality something a little more small but no they go all out for oh this no film only the best only the standards. best only the best all but right uh, this is it's really it's really an interesting thing that this was not a disney channel original movie i feel like it's possible it could have started out that way and then gone into a feature film like that's happened before like with hocus pocus but i i don't know who thought you know that Lizzie McGuire's show is doing real well. Instead of giving her own Disney Channel original movie like a bunch of shows got, this one got a theatrical release. Like, was uh, it like commercially uh, it? successful? Well, I mean, like, did this movie do well? Uh, I mean, Emma, how many times did we see it, though? Probably. We were their target we, audience. We yeah, we were their target audience. We yeah. might have, like, all the money this movie made is probably from me. Like, I remember going to see this in theaters, and I wore a newsboy cap, and I know that about myself. Uh, those are back in now, Emma. Look at this. Full I know, circle right? here. Oh. Uh, let's, that's an important. Let's a, uh, cover who Ashley is, because we just said that she's Ashley and then didn't talk about anything else from it. So, Ashley. I'm sorry. Do I need more of an introduction than that? <laughs> well, generally, we like to say... We like to have people say, like, oh, what is your history with Disney Channel or Disney Channel original movies or whatever? So what, what's the, what, what do you got, kid? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'll just give you a little snippet into what, um, you know, my Disney Channel original movie history is. Emma and I used to sit in y'all's pool and quiz each other on the Cheetah Girls yes. movies. Um like, down to, like, how many loofahs were hanging in the bathroom, like, during this scene. Like, we also pretended that we were the Cheetah Girls and, like, tried to take that public, which would have really opened us up to some copyright <laughs> infringement issues, but, like, whatever. You did have what I refer to as a Cheetah Girls cover band, pretty much, is what you were working with. Yeah, on we were. But we wrote our Yeah, we songs, with original music, and, and we recorded them on cassette tape. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> with my karaoke machine. 
It was like the Lizzie McGuire movie, a very high-end production. <laughs> and I'm surprised we didn't make it big. I don't understand what happened. It's truly shocking. We gave a tape to your uncle, and he conveniently lost it somewhere. Yeah, I, I would say, much, much like we already had Dylan on, Dylan was kind of my main friend who I was like, oh, we got to talk and watch all the Disney Channel original movies together. Ashley is Emma's version of that, where these guys were all about the Disney Channel original movies, all about these DCOMs. They were all about it. It was, it was a dynamic duo type situation, a Disney Channel dynamic duo. We also um, need to bring up at the top before we get into it, which I will I will bring it up later on multiple times, that me and Ashley growing up decided to give each other Disney Channel makeovers. <laughs> oh my god, yes! And Ashley was Lizzie McGuire, and we gave, we like, did that thing where there was intermittent braids and like amongst her straightened hair. I'm pretty sure you also wore a newsboy cap for that look and like a very tiny purse and a skirt and like some platforms. Oh, yeah, we see a lot of those in this movie. And I, guys, I decided to be Raven <laughs> because you know there are no issues there whatsoever I look exactly at all. Like same her. skin tones, <laughs> same hair. Color. If I had a dollar for every time I was on the street and someone thought I was Raven Simone for a second. <laughs> I would be a very rich woman. We're basically twins. No one is going to disagree with you on that. Um, uh, yeah, you guys had a lot of things going, a lot of stakes in the fire about uh, Disney Channel when I when we were growing up. And I'm excited to have Ashley here today to talk about the Lizzie McGuire movie. As you said, poss- an incredible influence on your young selves in both lifestyle and looks, apparently. In every I don't way. remember the makeover thing. Did you guys know that I didn't realize this when we planned this episode? But I watched this movie on Thursday night, and it was it was Hillary Duff's thirtieth birthday. Yeah, I did. I did kind of realize that we kind of synced that up pretty well. I'm happy for Although her. This will come out like, yeah, this will come out way. But first of all, I was surprised to learn she's thirty. I thought she was older. Um, but what? I was like, I was surprised. I mean, but by the what? time the no, I just thought I she looks uh, amazing. She looks Either way, I'm just saying I would have assumed. She, yeah, no, it's not a looks thing. I just thought she was older. Like, I didn't know she was nine years older than me. I'd assume she was, like, ten or fifteen older than I am. Like, not, Either way. Like, not like she looked 40. She's ageless. But, uh, but no. She's got an ass that doesn't quit. Yeah, we... She's yeah. ageless. But, uh, so, we did time that out pretty well. By the time you guys hear this, it'll probably have been a couple weeks, so it's kind but of pointless. But to us, it's just important for them to know that it, she just turned 30, and that this is our gift to her. Yes. And so, when you're listening to yes. this, Hillary, as I know you will, um, happy birthday. Of course. All right. Okay, so let's so let's hop right in, talk about the Lizzie McGuire movie. Because it opens on this really weird intro. Like, I was really thrown by how the credit sequence is done. What? Uh, where, like, you th- that was classic, like, that time period, yeah. though. Just, like, the text overlay looks like- of whatever was, like, happening on the screen. But it's such, like, a harsh text. It looks like something out of the first Transformers movie. And then, like, there's, like, dramatic music playing. And then, like, you see Matt, like, working on his, like, camera or whatever. So I get what they were trying to do. They were like, trying to like, make it oh, look like a spy and... movie thing. Like, yeah, right. it was weird. Then, but then it's still, but then, like, it still comes up as a Lizzie McGuire movie. And then they keep doing that font. And I was like, no, if you're going to say it's a Lizzie McGuire movie, don't stop using the font. Like, it was just, it threw me. But, yeah, we're introduced to Lizzie's little brother, Matt. Also, yeah, uh, we should talk about it in case no one's seen the show, I guess. I don't know why no, you haven't I'm seen the show. No, I'm not doing that. I literally, that's, like, my third note about the graduation scene. Like, why the fuck are they recapping the Lizzie McGuire show for us in, like, little bits in the beginning? It's like, if you don't know what's going on, you probably shouldn't be at this movie. Why are you watching this <laughs> Why movie? are you here yeah. if you don't know what's happening? Which brings me to my first criticism. What? Like, oh, 
Gordo, well, Miranda is in Mexico City. So, like, I need you to help me with my outfit. Like, what? I'm sorry. What? (laughs) They hand wave Lane right out of this. It's one throwaway line, and they're like, you know she's in Mexico City. I'm like, do we? Why is she there? Do we? Yeah, no. Just because she's Mexican? Okay, sure. (laughs) Guys, wasn't this a contract dispute like she asked for i remember this coming out in the news that like well lane asked for more money or something and like walked and they were like fuck we don't need you anyway like we we, you're not necessary to this amazing movie getting made so unnecessary he wasn't in rehab yet right well yeah because elaine then was like doing a ton of heroin at a certain point wait are you kidding oh yeah she was full-on arrested for doing or maybe selling like hard hard drugs oh my god like she went oh, down no. um according to studlife.com which uh, it says Miranda Lelaine Vergara Paras passed on Lazy McGuire because she was already filming another Disney Channel original movie You Wish That is what she passed on I mean that's a poor career choice Wow Yeah Honestly I'm going to say this and like again unsubstantiated source maybe let's not tag Lelaine in this I don't I think she probably was already on heroin because if that's the career call she made to be <laughs> you wish over the Lizzie McGuire movie, like that is tragic. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if maybe she like already had signed the contract to do you wish or something and she couldn't, she had to pass. I don't know. But especially because it's a theatrical film and it's not like, oh, I'm no, I'm going to stick to the Disney Channel original movies on this one, dog. It's not going to go into theaters. Um, I mean, and this is coming as a guy who likes you wish. Yeah, that's a major bummer that she picked you that she went with you wish over this if that is true that i only saw that on one website i don't know if that's right maybe it was a contract dispute maybe it was drugs but yes miranda played her best friend played by lulaine vergara paris is not in this film and is very sad she's very missed because it's just gordo and the rest of the supporting cast i'm also and, gonna yeah, have another criticism of this movie and like i don't remember thinking this growing up but when i saw him in that first graduation scene gordo is unattractive like he is oh my god he's so ugly straight up ugly like was he ever like in the show like kind of cute like i was like this dude is legitimately just unattractive like it it was so hard to buy them as like wanting to get them to get together because he is just like a little piece of penne pasta with like a mop on his head like i I cannot believe how unattractive I found him. But, like, on that note also, like, don't you remember Ethan Kraft being, like, the hottest guy you've ever yes. seen? And, and then, he like, didn't look hot either. He didn't look Oh, my hot. God. I was watching it, and I was, like, appalled for myself in my taste. Like, I'm like, I don't even, I have to reevaluate my entire life now. Like, because this was, like, the hottie that, like, I aspired to find for myself when I was, you know, 13. Well, I same. In, in the show, I remember being like, oh my god, Ethan Kraft is so hot. And then I saw him in the first shot of the, of him being in the movie, and I was like, he is almost deformed looking. But like, he is not. <laughs> he literally looks like my friend's weird older brother. Like, it, I, everybody, I don't know if they just, they were at an awkward point at this, I don't know how old they were, they were here, but like, I know they're supposed to be 15, I don't know if they were actually 15, but I think there was a, a awkward stages um, happening, especially with the men in this film. The men, the men specifically. The women looked good. They're not supposed to be 15. They're supposed to be 13. They're, yeah, they're so young. It's, it's really unbelievable. Like that, and that is my major overall criticism. Wait, aren't you supposed to, aren't you, you're 15 when you start high school. No, 14. You're, no, you're, you're, you're 13 or 14. You great because you're like 13 in eighth grade and then you're like 14. Yeah. 13 or 14 Appalling. when you start high school. But, That's uh, but anyway. I did not know that. Let's, get, okay. let's keep things linear here. 
So yeah, we do this opening. The credits are really weird at first, and then Matt, the little brother, his whole thing is that he has like all these crazy spy gadgets to embarrass Lizzie. To embarrass Lizzie, and so he makes a car that can uh, record things. And he drives it into a room. And Lizzie's busy getting away from graduation, getting ready for her graduation ceremony. And then we meet the best character in this whole film, the soundtrack, because it's freaking incredible. It is the best soundtrack of all time. And I do not understand why it didn't win a Grammy. Why did this not win a Grammy? I literally, the minute that song started, I was like, oh Oh my my God. God. For the folks at home, both me, Ashley, and I'm pretty sure our other friend growing up, Laurel, all owned our own physical copies of this CD. Like we purchased it. Oh, we for sure. It. I remember exactly what the cover looked like. It was the movie poster. It was white. And we would play it nonstop. I remember, vividly remember putting it in like Laurel's boom box in her backyard yep. and having a fake fashion show to the supermodel song. The one you better work. Like that, yep. the one from that montage. And then also dancing around in our bedrooms to this first song when she's dancing around in her bedroom. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I've, I've seen both. I've, I've seen both of you do this on multiple occasions. Singing into your I would come into your room and sing, sing into your hairbrush, either to this or like Avril Lavigne, uh, something. I literally wrote down, I was like, this opening song absolutely bangs, and it reminds me how good this soundtrack yes. is going to be. Yes, it's so good. This is also one of Emma's favorite tropes, which is a fashion montage, because she tries it. on a bunch of outfits to get ready for graduation. And there's two Emma, fashion me, montages me. in this movie, guys. There's two. Yeah, it's fantastic. Emma, also give me an over-under, like, how, are you going to do fashion throughout? Or are you going to have a fashion corner? What's I'm the gonna story? I'm going to talk about the fashion throughout because I honestly think, much like New York City was the fifth character on Sex and the City, the clothes in this movie are the, the other, uh, like, they are its own character. Like, they require so much discussion, the things they that do. people are wearing. I, it's appalling. It's, it's going to just have to be throughout because it's mainly all of my notes are about clothes. Right. Um, and then we also meet another character, uh, basically, who is drawn Lizzie McGuire, which is kind of, which is a thing which probably would freak someone out if they didn't like watch the show. Yeah, they don't explain that at all. They like yeah, that one just, hang. just shows up in the in the show. Like whenever something happens, it's basically like her inner voice kind yeah. of like she, she kind of says what she wants to say, but Lizzie is so awkward that she kind of usually doesn't say it or whatever. Like they they draw they do a little drawing of her, and it usually does a bunch of like cartoony stuff, and that happens throughout the film. And yeah, if you've never watched the show, you'd probably be really confused about what's going on. Fucking cartoon, like that's eating spaghetti. Uh, and so she is to go singing and getting dressed and everything, and then like while and then the little Lizzie is doing similar stuff and the credits are rolling, whatever. And then Lizzie falls into the shower because she gets just too into her jamming. Also, should I include the Tide song if people don't know what we're talking about? Like I like I don't know. Like I I want to include like sixty songs. I want to include every single song in this movie. But I yes, if you haven't heard it, I'll put it in as the like the interstitial, so then I can say of the real banger for when the time is just right. I was gonna say Um, we have to. We I'm like you. I'm like if we're making that the interstitial, we still have to also play the golden child. Yeah, you know what you you Uh know what. Uh, but so she gets to her singing, falls in the tub, and Matt is like, oh, and the Academy Award goes. Matt is really the worst. I Matt really hate is Matt. awful. Uh, awful. Like, well, here's the thing. I say, that be- I say that because as, like, a kid, when I was watching this McGuire, I freaking loved Matt because he was, like, you know, my age, and he also had an older si- a blonde older sister who didn't see eye to eye on everything. And so I was like, man, me and Matt, we get each other. Matt's an asshole. Matt's he's like the worst. Sociopath. He's the worst. Like, I get, like, he's yeah. a sociopath. 
first of all, I get like making fun of your sister, but the whole idea that he's filming his sister get changed, yes. it's really <laughs> fucking weird. I wanted to address that. Oh, yeah. I can't. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's messed oh my up. God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all I could think about is I was watching it happen. I'm like, you are a pervert. They don't show it because obviously they're not going to show nudity in the Lucy Wire movie, but and she keeps changing clothes. So the natural assumption is in order to change clothes, you need to get naked. And he is filming her on a hidden camera. Yeah, I, he's really filming her because he wants uh, the video of her singing into the hairbrush and haha, it's embarrassing. But yeah, I didn't think about that. But That's yeah, really messed up. He's recording her change. There's a whole other layer to that. There's, also, there's a whole other layer. Really quickly, the clothes that she's changing into, this movie, I think, was brought to you by flared pants. Like, every, I do not think there is a like a moment of this movie where she, where a female character is not wearing a low rise flare pant. She's wearing flares constantly. And also I wanted to point out that the, the newsboy cap, she was just singing into the hairbrush. It reminded me of the one that Ashley wore when she dressed up as a <laughs> factual. Yes. She puts on a lot, she puts on a lot of outfits. She falls in the tub. Um, and then, then does it cut straight to the graduation? Yeah. It's straight to graduation. Yeah. They don't yes. travel there. Yeah, and so she. Then we go to her graduation. We meet her parents. I, here's the thing: is I want to give some props to both the movie and the show here. On both in both the movie and the show, the parents are really I good. I were always really. I was like, the parents are such good actors. After coming off of the yes. proof point, whatever when we let, reviewed last, we're like they were like hard to watch. Like Lizzie McGuire's parents have always been really good. Like good actors, cute together. Like you like them. Funny, funny. where they need to be. They're funny. They are really good. And also, Matt is an asshole and um, a sexual predator now that we've decided that. But <laughs> he also, that actor is funny. He's good. Yeah. The, her yeah, whole family is pretty solid. Yeah, they and really I was hit watching the fun The parents, I just thought that this show was like above their pay grade. They were yes. phenomenal. Well, the, well, isn't the dad, um, who is he related to? He's, his brother is someone very famous and he did a guest spot on, on the show. Um, his, oh, it's Robert know, Robert Carradine, and then his I'm blanking on the name of his. It's his brother. I swear to God, this is actually gonna drive me crazy. David Carradine. Yes, yes. And I remember watching it with Dad, and Dad was like, "That's David Carradine." And yeah, um, I, I, and I was like, from Kill Bill. Um, yes, yes. That's his brother. He's like a kung fu dude. That was a non sequitur, but yes, it's an acting family, and the this is above their pay grade. But you know what? Yes, maybe this is this one of the reasons why that got pushed to theaters. If it wasn't a made-for-TV movie, folks, they are yeah, in a theaters, this, right? And then so yeah, she walks into graduation. The mom is all freaking out because you know her little baby's graduating, and then she's going to Rome for two weeks, which is something okay. we will talk Hold about. On. I'm talking no. about it now. I'm no. talking about it now. I cannot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you remember when? Our high school would not let us go to Rome when we were seniors. And then, like, they're just letting these youth, like, go off gallivanting through Rome when they're, like, 13, 14 for two weeks. Also, staying in what appears to be a five-star hotel. A a six-star hotel. Like, that was, that place was, like, the freaking Hotel Daniele. Yes, it looked like that. It was so nice. It was beautiful. We'll find out later that basically there's like two choices. You could either go to Rome, and I'm assuming, 
And I've been like, so you can either go to Rome for two weeks, but also like with the principal. And I think it's kind of implied most people didn't choose to go to Rome either because A, it was probably really expensive and B, because like the principal is like notoriously a hard ass or whatever and they didn't want to have to deal with it. I don't know why the high school is running a trip for students who don't go to the yes! high school yet. Yes! And it's just, they're just not like not even freshmen. And this is literally like the day after graduation. Like I don't understand why the high school is in charge of this. I don't understand yeah, that. And also, dude, the other thing is like, I, I, you brought up a great point because I was like, why the fuck, why would anyone opt to go to Waterside Wonderland? She also says that it's like a fucking eight hour, 36 hour, 36 hour bus. Well, 36 hour, yeah, what the a hell? day and a half. It's a day and yes. a half on the road to go to Waterside Wonderland. And I was like, who in God's good name is doing that over going to Rome for two weeks? I and mean, then- IDK, Splash Station was like pretty much <laughs> equivalent to Rome. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, I, I, yeah, I imagine it was... I imagine it was a price thing. That's what because, I'm saying. Like, it had I don't, to be. I, this yeah. is an elitist trip because if you're paying, yeah. well, and then the principal is like even more of you know an asshole by being like, oh, yeah. well, the, those uh, mouth breathers, the mouth breathers, the mouth breathers. The principal is problematic, and we'll talk about no, her in a second. No, she's not. Uh, this woman deserved an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I love. No, don't give me. No, I absolutely love the principal. She's great. Also, but I'm saying some of the things she says and does are incredibly. Oh, no. They would not but, fly in 2017. No, no, no. Let me tell you. Also, put some respect on her name. It's Mrs. Ungermeyer. Everyone. <laughs> Ungermeyer. Unger- we'll Mrs. talk about it in a second. Let's let's wrap up graduation. So she gets to graduation. She runs over to Gordo, who's her best friend again from the television show. Well, and by yeah, default, we get the, we get he's the, her best friend because the other yeah, one's yeah. not there. We get, we get the hand wavy motion of Elaine is not in this picture. She's in Mexico City. Who, who knows? So they, that pissed me off. They didn't even, even say like she's visiting her family in Mexico no, City. No, no, she's just Mexico City. Just, Don't ask. She's just Mexico City. No, she's missing her high, her junior high graduation to be in Mexico City for some reason. I mean, I, I wouldn't have missed junior high graduation for the world. But like, I went to Macy's and bought a new dress for my junior high graduation. Like, that was another point I was going to bring up. Why is she, like, frantically changing outfits the day of graduation? Like, why did she not have a graduation dress exactly. ready to go? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And also, since apparently they're billionaires, on that level. her family's apparently yes. billionaires because they can afford this multi-million dollar Rome trip, so they could probably buy her a new dress. Why is she repeating outfits? Yes, thank you for it's great segue. So then we meet her... Her, basically her enemy from the television we show Kate. Kate. Who, we know Kate. That is yeah. the other thing. They do want to explain her on Kate. They're like, oh, we used to be best friends. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then she got all stuck yep. up. And it's all, they also don't touch about the fact that they used to be best friends until Kate got a bra. And that was the downfall of their whole relationship. Was Kate got a bra. Is that what actually yes. it was? I thought it was just that she, like, hit, I thought it was just that she got pretty or something. Like, I didn't remember the bra. Puberty, no. And got a bra and then thought she was too cool for Lizzie McGuire. That is the canon version of why they are no longer friends which which and yes she is the classic mean girl getting on her for her outfit always hitting on her not hitting on her ragging on her and then like but yes they used to be best friends but also like it's kind of weird to me because i think lizzie mcguire is very attractive and the fact that she's getting um ragged on by someone who is like in my opinion marginally less attractive than yeah. her yes. is very funny the only the only thing is that lizzie mcguire her very much in her character is that she's very shy and awkward and doesn't uh communicate to talk to other people very well so that's kind of more what kate rags around but it's just like are you hillary duff is beautiful so i don't know why this other person of like someone like being like a weird outsider like you wouldn't like 
she would never be the weird kid in high school. She's literally stunning. She looks like she could be 17 and she's like 13. Like she's has a full face of hair and makeup. Like she would obviously be popular and it's Gordo for, on the other hand, definitely a loser. <laughs> Looking at him, any place he went, that kid's a guilty loser. by association. She was guilty by association. Okay. Yes, yeah, so, but so Kate yells at her for being an outfit repeater. That's probably one of she's the most famous same. lines in this movie. That's uh, uh, oh, really? you are an outfit, outfit repeater. If I think really, I, that was that's a famous thing from this film. Yeah. I don't remember. I didn't remember it. At all. Uh, just because if I think of lines that people would like use in everyday life, like you are an outfit repeater. At least McGuire, you were an outfit repeater. I heard. I use that. I've seen it on the internet. Like that's a pretty big one. I actually forgot it was in this movie and not in the show. But yeah. That's a okay, one. I guess. But also, also, cartoon Lizzie snaps back with a good one where she's like, "Well, you're an outfit rememberer," yeah. which is even more yeah. pathetic. But I um, disagree wholeheartedly with that because I, so I have to side with Kate on this one. Like, again, why is she repeating a dress to this milestone moment of her life where she's graduating junior high? I don't understand. Like, I could tell you what everyone was wearing it. Probably not my junior high graduation, but like definitely like my barrister's ball of last year. Like if anyone tried to repeat one of those dresses, like in five years, nope, nope, none of that. Okay, I I actually wrote this down, and I I, I'm like changing my position on this. You're right. I would I would remember people's dresses. Like like it was her spring formal dress that she then re like repurposed for graduation. I would obviously remember that, and you can't do that. No girl would ever do that. That is Mm -mm. truly insane. I remember everyone's homecoming dresses from all four years. Imagine if somebody wore their homecoming dress, like wore a homecoming dress, and then like two weeks later wore it to like a graduation. Like you would also, that's like they're definitely not in the same category of dress. Like you want to dress a little, you know, on the fancier, maybe a little bit, you know, more revealing side for homecoming. And then like the graduation is like conservative. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's just because we went to Catholic school, but like, <laughs> I, I, I agree with the, I am also siding with Kate Sanders. And I feel like me and Ashley are going to side with Kate Sanders a lot in this movie, because this is yes. actually a very redeeming movie for her. And everything she says and does, I agree with almost a hundred percent. I think that Kate Sanders is really the unsung hero of this entire movie. Okay. So listeners, I, listen, listeners, I just want to let you know, that it was my idea to have Ashley on for this episode. And I was like, oh, that'd be fun. You know, you guys love Lizzie Maguire so much. But now I'm realizing this is going to backfire wholeheartedly on me <laughs> because I, during that entire conversation, I was ready to blow my brains out because <laughs> this is just a ton of girl talk that I have no input on. And I'm just sitting here, my head resting on a pillow. Lucas, you played yourself. You played yourself. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you expected putting the two of us together. <laughs> also, we've recorded for half an hour and we're five minutes into this goddamn Oh my movie. god, we gotta so, speed it up. Okay. So, she gets... And this is a trope that I have a problem with in a lot of movies. That the fact that you can't just throw a speech onto anyone in any kind of event. You can't just walk to her and be no. like, hey, you're giving a speech in front <laughs> of other people. Because she gets told by the teacher, like, oh, Margaret Chan... Uh, the class president can't make it. The vice president isn't graduating. You're the treasurer. You have to give like the speech in front of the class as in place of Margaret Chan. And apparently, Margaret Chan is like a godlike figure. Oh, class, yeah. like, I love I'm so ever, confused. I love it. Everyone so was expecting Margaret Chan. They literally keep bringing her up, and it's so yes. funny. And also, when he yeah, you're she- not Margaret Chan. I literally. Died. I laughing. Was she? Was she? Okay, she wasn't a character from the show, right? Margaret, I don't, this is the I first don't remember her at all. All right, uh, and so she, of course, being Lizzie McGuire, 
doesn't want to do this because she's going to make a fool of herself and is uncoordinated and clumsy and not a good public speaker, not a good normal speaker at all, really. And so, but of course she has to, uh, although granted, I feel like in the real world, she could absolutely refuse to do that and just whatever, get everybody out of there 10 minutes earlier. Yeah. But no, of course she has to give the speech because it's a movie. And so she gives, uh, she starts giving the speech also, and she's wait, doing a bad pause. job. Before the speech, I want to make a one touchdown note on the teacher that tells her she has to give the speech. <laughs> Mr. Escobar, who is literally the classic Disney Channel uh, trope of like the flamboyant like drama teacher <laughs> being like, well, you're no Margaret fan. And he has like a scarf and glasses. Like he dresses like Darren. He does, he does do a dramatic flip with the scarf. I was going to say, there was a scarf flip for there. sure. And that trope is seen time and time again in Disney, and I love it. Every time that I see it, he dresses like Darren Onrofsky, and it's so funny to watch. Okay. He also says Margaret Chan either has a very bad cold or has Ebola, yes, and yes. I didn't realize Ebola was a thing back then. I was then, just going to say that. Ebola wasn't even in vogue at that time. Like... It was also like it was also really dark. He was like, "Oh, anyway, get out there, sweetie, kill it!" Like I was like, <laughs> but so she starts giving a speech. She does a terrible job, and then she's like, uh, 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 "You know, the junior high was full of embarrassment for all of us, right?" And then no one says anything. She's like, "Oh yeah, you know, me neither." Just you, you awkward um, fuck. Like I, <laughs> yeah, just you. And then she's like, "You know what? I think Margaret Chan would want me to have some water that right now." That was funny. And I laughed reached, at that. She reaches. She reaches for water, and then she trips because she's Lizzie McGuire, and then she falls into a flower display and pulls down this whole curtain, pulls it down on everyone. Matt's recording the whole thing. He's loving it because he gets to embarrass his sister, and basically graduation's quote-unquote ruined. And then we do a hard cut to the airport. We do not see any of the fall. Lizzie is literally fleeing the country. Yes. I'm going to say something about that cut between those two scenes. Number one, um, she tears down the curtain because also, number one, she's clumsy. But number two, she's wearing massive platform sandals. Yes. In the airport cut, do you know what she's wearing again? Massive platform flip-flops. To the airport. I'm like, have you not learned your lesson? You're not. You are too clumsy to wear massive platforms. You can't keep yourself on your feet. Stop wearing shoes like that. You would think she would learn. But anyway, yes, she's fleeing the country. Not only because of that happened to her in junior high, but because somehow the tape got sent to Good Morning America. By, by somehow, I mean Matt sent it to Good Morning America, just because, he, again, he's an asshole. And, like, uh, so she is mortified on a national scale. Um, and then, so then she, she like, uh, then she's like, yeah, we're going to Rome two weeks, whatever, give that all that, more of that exposition. And then we meet Miss Ungermeyer. Uh, who Gordo introduces to us. And yes, Emma is right. This woman is fantastic. She, she is, is amazing. the shining star of this film. She's so fucking funny. Like, legitimately, she's really funny. Yes. And, she's amazing. Yes. And she's their high school principal, right? So, like, and so right. Gordo is trying to, like, kiss her ass, like, early on, basically, because he wants, he's a nerd, obviously. Look at him. And well, she's um, a golden ticket to the Ivy Leagues. Yes. Yeah, that really, that really confused me. Is that, like, okay, I get, like, yes, she could write, like, really good recommendation letters or something. But then he says, if you're on her bad side, then you end up working for the airport janitor. Literally working for the airport janitor. How <laughs> does she make that happen? That was hilarious. Like, yeah, I'm like, I get that, yes, she, like, a recommendation for a letter from her will be great to get you into an Ivy League school. Fine. But I don't know how her not liking you actually gets you out of getting into schools or something. Like, because she's a life sense. ruiner. She ruins lives. Oh, that's yeah, also, sure. That's also, though, guys, that's, like, another 
context clue that we should have been picking up on that this is some sort of really rich ass Caucasian like private school because she has a, mm-hmm. an in with the Ivy Leagues like you know mm-hmm. this I, I want to know how much the tuition is at this high school because it's not public I'm telling you that right now we, then we also meet uh, well I think we maybe met him a little bit earlier but then we meet Ethan Ethan Craft Ethan Craft what damn it who is Sorry. Come on. And, and he is meant to be like the unobtainable hot guy that all the girls are after, but he's also a source of incredible comic relief. This dude is freaking hilarious. He's he also a funny. stoner, though. Yes, like a low key yes. stoner. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I didn't. I, I, yeah. He's literally characterized as a stoner. Like, he is literally like <laughs> doing like a dude, where's my car impersonation this entire mm-hmm. time. And in the show, he was always like, yeah, man, sick. Like, if this was in 2017, he would always have a vape in his hand, and I know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yeah, and he always—he's—he's he's a skateboarder. He's kind of like got a sur- sweet smoking surf skateboarder vibe. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like in Disney Channel it usually swings the other way. That the hot guy in this is not like a jock per se. Like I he's not like a football no, yeah. star. Like he really is like more of a surfer, like laid back, mm-hmm. like skateboarder kind of dude. And he's just—he's just real jazzed about going to the place where they make spaghetti. The he's spaghetti. all about it. Same. Honestly, spaghetti I relate to him more than any other character. Yes. <laughs> He had his priorities in fucking he order. He had his priorities so in order. The only one who knew that the reason you go to Italy is and for also, the food. Also, when he says, like, haven't you ever had cold spaghetti for breakfast? I was like, yes, cold spaghetti for breakfast <laughs> is better than hot spaghetti for dinner, and I will die on this hill. I love cold spaghetti for breakfast. Uh, okay, yes, Ethan Kraft is a great character, and I'm glad he's joining us. And they're like, well, you know, at least we get to be away from Kate, because she won't make fun of us. And then, of Poor course, we immediately know Kate, Kate came on the trip. But they don't explain why Kate did come, because, like, she, at first they say, yeah, she's going to the water slides and then she just shows up at the airport with a ticket and we're like oh okay I'm sorry though that was so unbelievable why on earth would Kate Sanders ever step not go to Rome on water like Wonderland whatever the hell it was called and also in the show it's always characterized that Kate Sanders is chasing Ethan Kraft she would always sign up that he was going on that's just also out of character well that is referenced in the movie because I believe at this point um, that they had started dating and broken up because at one point they talk and they start getting into like a fight, and then uh, Ungermeyer is like, "You two separate." And then she goes, "Trust me, Ungermeyer, we did all right." And so I'm assuming she's over Ethan Craft at this point. Oh no, I think they get back together after their romantic spaghetti eating scene. Yeah, they're back together. But we'll get to, I'm sure. Um, Kate's bags are insane. I don't know if you noticed your they're luggage. Wild. No. These insane, crazy luggage set that no thirteen-year-old would ever own. Also, but like they're already through security, and she has like so many bags. I'm very so confused. many bags. She has like five bags, and she's like b- like hustling them all onto the plane, which like does not fly. I know the TSA will smack your ass. Also, the I teared up when she hugged her mom. We didn't talk about that. What yes, I did. I, I yeah. didn't realize we skipped yeah, that. That was she like, does, she does, cute, and like she, she was like, embarrassed, and like then, but then like when she started, the mom started walking away. She like runs up to hug her because she's gonna miss her, and she hasn't been away from home for this long. It was like really cute. Yes, that was good. I, I apologize, I did skip over that. They do a, a very cute, very earnest goodbye scene. Although, I, like it, it, I, it doesn't really work for me because she's only gonna be gone two weeks it's not like she's going to like high school oh, they or college yeah, that's a lot going away to college they literally act like she yeah. is dead like that she's going to on this room yeah. trip for two weeks but i will right. say i also wrote down that uh when ethan craft walked on the screen the screen i literally out loud said ethan craft and like yes. the, i did too i was like oh my god and now the fact that there's space in my brain reserved for having his first and last name. Yes. Yes. It's really, truly really appalling. 
morning. I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, you guys. But I can look at that man for five seconds and go eat the craft and like yeah. know everything about him. It's really depressing. No, that's, I, I think I was read, I like more readily recalled more things about Ethan Kraft than I did about like my own like high school boyfriend. Literally, I, I swear to God. I, I only remembered, uh, I did remember his name was Ethan. I did, re- I did remember Kate and uh, the second Kate came on screen, I said, and then there's this hoe. That's exactly what came out of my mouth because I, she she's the worst. really mean in the show. Like she was, she was so a, mean. Yeah. If this was a reality show, I'd say that she got a good edit in this movie. But in the show, she was a lot nastier. This is, yes, she was very... And although, didn't they kind of have, like, a small redemption for her in the show in, like, the food fight episode or something? Know. I don't remember. I remember, there be, I remember one of, like, the best episodes of the show being the food fight episode where they all have to stay after and clean up the food fight. And we find out that, like, she started it for some, like, emotionally scarring reason, I think. I, that's a That could be wrong. I just remember there. I remember they have to work with Kate and they don't want to, but then they, like, realize, man, I don't think... Kate has it as easy as we thought. Hmm. Well, yeah, no, Kate definitely learn. has some issues. She has eating issues. Kate has disordered eating issues yes. that are referenced multiple times. Agreed. That's that. exactly what I was going. I'm like food fight because she won't eat food. So. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> eat, and that's referenced multiple. This is another thing that would never find 2017 having like a yeah, kids no. movie character talk about not eating carbs. That yeah, was no. a little. I was like, oh, that didn't age well. Um, but I laughed my ass off because I thought it was funny. So she, so they get on the plane, and then they do a weird little montage. Like, I don't know why this montage is necessary. You could have cut it and lost nothing except for two things. One, Gordo uses flash photography on a plane. That's not allowed. Yes. That's very bad. Two, uh, this is where we first get the inkling that Gordo has a thing for Lizzie. Um, we've known that for literally that for seven years. We knew, well, yeah, like but, that. The show always hinted that Gordo was like secretly in love with Lizzie. Like the, everybody, TV show revolves around the fact that like the girl and guy best friend are secretly in love. Okay, and that's the thing that I'm going to say about this that I, I I remember kind of liking it in the show. Like there's a murder mystery birthday party episode. Yes, that, yeah, I remember that. That episode. was my favorite Lizzie McGuire episode. And like there's something with Gordo there where they have like a moment and like I remember rooting for it in the show. But remember I, picture day. Yes, yes. I, I remember rooting for it in the show, but, like, in this movie, if we're not talking about the show at all, if we're talking this just as a standalone movie, I didn't root for them as a couple, and I was Me kind either. of annoyed. And I was like, can't they just be friends? Like, why do they, everybody, why do they, like, he's just a good friend, and I don't even really see them having, like, a lot of romantic chemistry, but I see him being, and they're, they're really good friends with each other. Like, they could have just been yes. friends. They're 13. They didn't need to, like, Although- force this romantic thing with them well what i'm saying is you're right it's not forced i think in the movie it might be kind of forced you're right but at the same time i think a problem with the movie is the fact that it kind of expects you to have watched all of the lizzie mcguire stuff and know what's going on relatively which i did right because i think this movie basically was kind of the finale of lizzie mcguire yeah like it couldn't it needed to wrap that thread up that like Gordo had it. Like it'd be kind of weird if they didn't address it. So then they're in Rome, uh, and we and uh, we meet, go to their hotel, and Miss Undermeyer is. Can I just mention the fact that our high school would have put us in an actual convent? Oh, we would have been in either a convent or like a fucking Holiday Inn, okay? Like we would not be. In <laughs> no, I think the Holiday Inn would have been too much. We needed like the um, actual religious aspect of it. Like the, it's right. like a beautiful marble lobby. There's like an antique elevator. There's a fountain out back. This there are chandeliers. Fun. There's a freaking courtyard in the middle of it with yeah. like little bistro tables. Uh, guys, okay. Also, they have the, they each have their own queen size bed. 
Yes, massive beds. Okay, wait, guys. Also, did they actually film this in Rome? I can't tell. Um, like, there were, they were a ever lot ever? of images where I thought that it was just like a scenic background, but like yes. I do think they did some filming in Rome. But that one, I I forget like exactly which scene it was, but they were like overlooking the Colosseum, and it yes, was yes. so blatantly fake. It was. Fake. They definitely go to like legit the Trevi Fountain. That was so the one thing. Rome. That was the one thing where I was like, "That is actually Rome." Like where they're yeah. doing the Trevi Fountain they, stuff. And there's so much. There's so much just footage of Rome in this yeah. that I feel like it's impossible that they didn't. No, go they, to Rome but I'm like, why did time. you choose to do these like weird green screen scenes when you could have actually that's, filmed it in front of these? What, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know if they were trying to save location budget, but like, yes, it almost like I was like, were they ever in Rome? Because all I remember seeing is like weird green screens of Rome, and then like a few times like Trevi Fountain. I was like, okay, that they're there. Yeah. Also. Maybe they only went to go to the Trevi Fountain and walk around, like, the perimeter there. Also in the hotel, when they, uh, this is the, before the Trevi Fountain, they pick out roommates. And Kate and Lizzie are, of course, living together. Of Naturally. Course. No one saw that one coming. Because Margaret Chan is still yes, sick. I'm sorry, we had to bring up Margaret Lizzie. Chan again. Like, <laughs> the Chan and Lizzie Chan. are BFFs. Obviously, they would be rooming together. Because Margaret Chan will not stop fucking up Lizzie's life from beyond the grave. She literally <laughs> screws her over yet again. And she has to room with Kate. And they go to the, the room. And I just want to bring this up because it was one of the craziest shots in the whole movie. And I, like, had to rewind it to make sure I wasn't seeing anything. They go up to the room. And Kate's like, I'm taking that by the window. Like, hope that's okay. Uh, and then Kate's like slowly unpacking kind of and like laying out her back and Kate is wearing full leather gloves. Just have two pairs of leather gloves. She is. I did notice like, that. Yeah. Piece, like t- uh, on both hands, like fucking OJ Simpson. I was like, did she commit in a murder? It's also like clearly like summer. It's hot. And she's wearing leather gloves while she's unpacking her suitcase. And I, they don't address it or talk about it. And you can only see it for a second. And I thought it was so weird. That is a criticism I would apply across the board for this entire movie. I'm like, have any of you been to Italy in June? Because it's oh, hot. It is they, so hot. I, the fact that they're not like sweating balls in every That's single insane. scene is beyond me. That because that would have been more realistic. It's again, yeah, she's in like pants the whole time. Yeah, and I'm like, that's just. I'm sorry, that wouldn't happen. I stopped wearing pants when I was in Italy in April. Yeah, that's unrealistic. Uh, unlike everything else in this movie, which would completely totally happen. Uh, <laughs> So wait, they go to the Trevi Fountain, and I need to call out for all my female listeners that she is wearing the iconic, the best, the legend of itself, Tiffany nameplate necklace. Yep. We also see this necklace in Legally Blonde. You see it um, uh, literally everywhere in the early 2000s, and it was the holy grail necklace for girls. Like, everybody wanted that fucking necklace. Like, if you had that Tiffany's necklace, the Link necklace, you knew that you were officially, like, you had made it. You were the hottest bitch ever. And Lizzie McGuire is rocking it, and it's also presented that her parents gave it to her. So, again, I'm going to lean into the fact that Lizzie McGuire's family is rolling in money. Yeah, like, my mom never bought me that necklace. Rude. No, my mom didn't buy me that necklace either. I mean, I got Frank, our moms had better taste than to buy us that necklace, but... Uh, True. Yeah, I didn't get that necklace. just didn't know it at the time. Dude, I went to Claire's and got a knockoff version of that necklace. I, I definitely did, too. <laughs> what? What? What's that? What happened? <laughs> Lucas, uh, anyway, so Women never care us. about these issues, okay? So they go to the Trevi Fountain. Uh, is there anything else at the hotel? We kind of breeze past the hotel. No. Oh, we do, meet the, we do meet the hotel owner who was kind of funny. Yes, like that guy. he has a few good um, moments. He's good. He's good at the end. He doesn't really speak English. He's funny. 
Uh, so they go to the Trevi Fountain, and Ungermeyer's like, ah, everyone here, they're all saps because they come all over the world to throw coins in. You got to make your own luck in life, kids. And then Lizzie was like, screw you, bitch. I'm throwing a coin in. And then she, t- she takes a euro and then throws it in. And then it's a very dramatic sequence where, like, they follow the coin and it, like, zooms in. She opens her eyes, and then there's just an Italian man standing in front of her. And she goes, and he goes, Isabella? Okay. And she's like... I would caveat this with saying we're saying Italian man. And I remember Paolo being, like, more of, like, an Italian man. But, like, he is for sure 12. Oh, Paolo is... Paolo is, first of all, dressed like a Coke dealer. He looks like... This man is either... If I saw this dude on the street, I would think that is a 12-year-old cocaine dealer or a 12-year-old sex trafficker. That is what he looks like. His hair is insane. He looks like off-brand Ralph Macchio mixed with a European club promoter. Like, I literally don't understand why they styled him like that. I think he also looks so young because his clothes are like the clothes of an adult man. Like, he's like a blazer. Oh, my God. But I need to really talk about his collar and his shirt was, like, so large and pointy. Yes, I'm, like, yes, what? Where? Yes. I'm sorry, what year is this? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's almost like an Italian, he looks like an Italian mobster. Like, he has these massive white lapels on his shirt. Yes. Okay. I actually gasped. I was so shocked by how crazy he looked. <laughs> and also, Isabella, I would be like literally jumping into the Trevi Mountain. I would, I, would, I would run. I would run. <laughs> also, I literally wrote this down later, but I'll bring it up now since we're just on it already. If, in any real life situation, if this happened in real life, she would be murdered. Like, this is the only way. <laughs> For sure. In real life, when a man dressed like that asks you to impersonate his singing partner, Isabella, and get in a car with him or on the back of a Vespa, yeah, she would legit be murdered. Like, there's no way that that ends in her not getting murdered. If this was the real life and not a movie. Also, okay, wait, what happened? He, t- he calls her Isabella. And he says, you look like someone that I, that I know. You look like... My really friend, you look awfully like a friend of mine. I don't know why I did that. Oh, yeah, it's British. That's British. That's my other thing. That was my other question about Paolo is, is this his real <laughs> accent? Like, is he doing a fake accent? No one was worse than Hillary Duff with the Italian accent, but they were oh, all yeah. good. <laughs> Hillary's accent's very bad when she when we get to that. I love it so much. It's so funny. Uh, I looked him up on IMDb. His name is Yanni Gelman. He doesn't seem Italian. He doesn't sound Italian. <laughs> I, it says he was born in Miami, too, so he's yeah, at I least know. American. No Italian last names end in a country. Gelman? I, is he yeah, the son no. of Gelman from Live with Regis? Like, um, I also, don't know. I I do think he's he honestly he honestly gave me more Spanish vibes if he was born at like Miami that tracks I didn't really read as very Italian to me yeah but that accent is quite cause throws me for quite a loop so he doesn't really tell her like anything about uh well not yet well first like they have to go because uh. The principal's calling them, and then he, like, follows her to a nearby gelato shop. Uh, and you know what okay. I'm going to talk about here. Okay. And you Actually. know what I'm going to talk about here. Remember when we went on our family trip to Italy, and Emma and I spent an hour. We made everyone walk around the freaking Trevi Fountain looking for that gelato shop. I did. Did it exist? I don't remember if it actually existed, or did we just find a gelato shop? And we just found a gelato shop, and then we came home and watched the movie and realized that it wasn't actually right on the piazza where the Trevi Fountain was. Like it was 
Oh, down a side street. street. It was on a side street. Yeah. Or it was a legit set that it never existed. But we drug people around in like the heat trying to find this exact gelato shop. Yeah. For I, I don't know why our parents enabled us to do these things. But. I, if that was my kid, I literally would have slapped them and been like, yeah. no. Um, but yeah, we really went on a mission to recreate. Also, like this movie influenced my life in such like massive ways where like I thought that I was going to go to Rome and be on the back of some coke dealer's vespa like i thought that's how my rome trip was gonna go like i thought that's how all road trips were supposed to go like it was pretty like sure this- emma and i thought we were gonna like sneak out of yes, our hotel yes. and like go find our our own italian boys to like eat spaghetti with. i don't know this is wild and the other thing i want to say because i'm gonna bring it up multiple times um everyone in this movie for being 13 years old is so desperate to get some fucking action. Yeah. It blows my mind. Like, they, I I don't want to sound like Ms. Ungermeyer right now, but, like, all they want to do is sneak out of that, like, Kate, Ethan, like, Hillary, all they're talking about is getting fucked. That's all they want to do. Like, literally, Ethan wants to hook up with girls. Those girls want to hook up with Ethan. Kate wants to hook up with Ethan. Like, it blows my mind how that was literally this driving force of everyone in this movie was to get some action. What we cared about at this age was literally giving each other makeovers so that we looked like Hilary Duff and Raven Smone, you know? Exactly. I mean, but to be fair, like, the show always had a lot of, like, her chasing Ethan and Ethan chasing other girls, and, like, it had a lot of romantic stuff, so it'd be kind of weird. Maybe Emma and I were just, like, underdeveloped in that realm. It, it wasn't weird and like it was yeah i guess uh, first of all i was a massive loser i definitely as i sit here right now in a harry potter t-shirt not much has changed like i was a i was definitely lame it, when i was 13 like maybe i was making out with boys at a movie theater like i and maybe someone put their hand in my bra during night at the museum but that was about it like i wasn't sneaking out of hotels to go meet up with dude definitely not is that a real story because that's a very specific movie choice <laughs> I will never, I will not confirm or deny that someone touched my breast during this museum. <laughs> anyway, so they go to this gelato shop, and she gets reapproached by pa- uh, Paolo, and he's like, oh, uh, I'm Paolo Valaseri, but and then someone, like, jumps up and is like, oh, Paolo Isabella, Paolo Isabella, and they start, like, taking pictures, and she's, Lizzie's very confused, and Gordo's also very confused, and then this woman comes up and just hands her a big old wheel of cheese. Okay, <laughs> and it was very funny i thought i remembered the wheel of cheese bit and it's still it tracks it's still funny and, um, and when she says that she got cool cheese i laughed at that it was yeah like, that was funny and and lizzie is very taken with uh paulo she even says at the trevi fountain she's like oh i wished for good luck in high school but this will do yeah she i'm something she immediately is like get like let me break me off a piece of that kick cat bar like she is into it from the jump uh and then gordo points she's very confused like why are all these people caring and then Gordo points her to a uh, billboard of Paolo and this other woman with brown hair named Isabella. And he's like, my, Isabella is my singing partner. Without destroying the hair, you could be it's her you sister. Could be a twin. You could be a twin. Yes. I, my, my accent is going all over the place. Yeah, that was bad. I'm sorry that, that it still doesn't talk my British accent, though. <laughs> yeah, you did just that break it. That was great. <laughs> me, me and Ashley default British. It's always... Yeah, we do. Uh, that's the, we're going to be British here. socialites in another... Yeah, sure. I mean, I can I can do a little Italian. It's not very good, but I can. Yeah, try. yours is be- uh, probably the best, Luke. It's not. Well, I mean, it's not. Well, like, I'm also calling so for like someone Paolo. who can actually speak a bit of Italian that I'm like just <laughs> that's struggling this hard with. You like lived in Italy, Ash. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, dude, but no, 
Also, I want to, just for the folks at home that haven't seen this movie, also, if you haven't seen this movie, get the fuck out. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you listening yeah. to this? Um, but <laughs> when we say it, when we say it cuts to a billboard of a brunette woman, we mean Lizzie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. In a wig. It's Hillary Duff. It's Hillary Duff in a wig. It's such a bad wig, too. It's Hillary Duff in a bad wig with her eyebrows plucked slightly more than they are when she's not in the wig. That is literally what it is. Continue. Um, so, yeah, Ungermeyer puts the kibosh on her uh, rendezvous with Paolo, and he says, please, uh, if you want to talk, meet me at the Trevi Fountain tomorrow at 9 a.m. And then Now you're she sounding also French. Now you're sounding yeah, French. Listen, listen, as it keeps going, it gets worse. I mean, it's, it, it starts strong, but it's going to end poorly. Uh, but we also meet his bodyguard, Sergey. He's just like this big, burly dude. We don't really actually know his bodyguard, but it's very obvious. It's bodyguard. incredibly yeah. obvious. Which, like, when that moment happens later, I'm like, really, Lizzie? Really? Yeah. Didn't get you this? thought that was not very... <laughs> Oh, Sergey is actually my bodyguard. Yeah, like, that was, like, a big reveal. Like, it was like, oh, wow, he's famous enough to have a bodyguard? Like, obviously that was his bodyguard. He's on a fucking billboard. People are giving her a <laughs> wheel of cheese. So she has to, so she wants to go, she talks with Gordo at, at back at the hotel. She's like, oh, man, I really kind of want to go talk to this Paulo guy, but is going to be on my case. She's not going to let it happen. And pa- and even Gordo's on her side. She's like, oh, you absolutely should do this. Um, And so then he, she's like, well, how am I going to sneak out? Without with uh, without uh, Ungermeyer knowing, I can't stay away from the group. She does head counts all the time and whatever. And then he's like, "Are you feeling badly?" And then it cuts to her like pretending to be sick in bed. Um, and then we get a very Italian doctor uh, checking her over, and Ungermeyer is examining her under the most amount of scrutiny, just being like, "What is? Is she sick? Is she faking it?" What's going on? And he's like, oh, uh, well, think about it. She doesn't have a fever, but she is in bed. Why would an American girl come all the way to Italy and on her second day want to spend it a whole time in bed? And then he's like, she must be ill. And she's like, well, she did just ruin everyone's graduation. Do you think that is it? And yeah. he's like, oh, I saw that on CNN. And she's like, CNN? It made it on CNN? Like, she has been mocked on a global scale because of her asshat little brother. Yeah. Really Can I just, I, I will make a side note here that, like, having actually gone to an Italian doctor when I was legitimately not sick to, like, get a note to get out of class so that I could skip off to Morocco a day early for spring break, they will literally Actually, you bad girl. Anything. Like, I walked in there and I was like, I just am feeling a little dizzy and, like, I feverish. I don't know. They didn't even bring out a thermometer. There was no stethoscope. The doctor was wearing they just a suit. It and she oh was just God. like, yeah, absolutely. You need a couple days rest. Presented it to my Italian professor and was like, see ya. Heading to Africa. Bye. <laughs> also, like, what sort of, like, 1920s doctor is this? It's making house calls to the yeah. hotel. Like, there is, that no well, longer exists. No, that's not, normally hotels have a doctor on tap that they can call in case something happens to the patient. That's not unrealistic. What? what well, that's a fancy five-star hotel that they're staying at with, like, all the amenities. Like, yeah, I'm not saying, like, a Motel 6 would have one, but, like, a big enough hotel will have a doctor that they just can be like, hey, get over here, like, someone in 202 is passed out or something and needs How to. How do I get that? Like, it's not uncommon. Do I have to go to yeah, medical school uh, yeah, you do. Uh, you still have to be a doctor. Four seasons. That was a, that was a joke. That, that was a joke. That was a joke on the Sweet Life too, where they're like, "But no hotel doctor comes. He, this is like his first patient." Anyway, uh, but, but so he also said, my favorite line from him is that he says, you, "She should eat two apricots," and he's like, "She's like, oh, will that help her digestion?" He's like, "No, they're in season. They're just delicious." Yeah. That was and a good. Uh, that, was, that was a good gag. 
And then so she's like, all right, Maguire, you can stay here. You're, I know you're going to miss out on all that history or whatever. Bye. And then she immediately throws the sheet off and she's fully dressed, which is a With pretty good. With her freaking makeup on. I'm like, you're looking at this girl. She looks beautiful. Like, she has a full face of makeup on. Like, full face of makeup. And her bangs are, like, immaculately, like, straightened and blown out. She also has great bangs in this movie. I would like to say they are great bangs. beautiful. They um, are my inspiration and my aspiration, and it just fell miserably <laughs> flat. What happened? So she hops off, and then this is when she hops on the back of his Vespa, right? Yeah. And they drive around In that awful oh, pink striped shirt. Yes. To the, another absolute banger of a song, Hillary Duff. What? No, wasn't. Yes, it was. was it? Yeah, no. no, they do Vespa. No, they Vespa to an Italian song. Yeah. No. When, when, when do they play? Oh my god, why is not? it Why Not? Yeah, I thought it was Why Not. Why Not? Why Not? Sometimes the world is a valley of heartaches and tears. And in the hustle and bustle, no sunshine appears. But you and I have a love always there to remind us. Anyway, so uh, Paolo explains to Lizzie that she looks just like his singing partner, Isabella. And uh, Isabella, she got all pissed off at Paolo because, uh, did they say why they got pissed off? Because Paolo wanted to pursue his own solo career and Isabella cannot sing. She lip syncs, so... Yes, yeah, that's, so what he tell, he that's what he tells us. He wants to go solo, and Isabella got mad. He is his um, version of the truth, that Isabella yes. got mad because she needs him, because she can't go solo, because she can't really sing. Yeah. Right? And Or, yes. And then he tells her, but we are contractually obligated to appear at the International Music Awards. And if we do, if she doesn't show up, they're going to sue her, right? The number of times lawsuits were mentioned in this movie was, like, truly appalling. Like, I was just like, can, I'm sorry, did y'all have a lawyer, like, writing this? Or, uh, like, what they, was the Lawsuits deal? are thrown around constantly. The idea of someone getting sued, like, I, like well, it's a lot of contract law. Like, we're expecting a these kids of contract law. Movie. We're expecting these kids watching this movie to understand, like, musical contracts with record companies. I was like, this is some pretty high-level stuff. I'm like, I took an entire semester of copyright law and still don't know how one brings a lawsuit about that at all. So, no. But so he needs her to pretend to be Isabella for this appearance. Because they also, they say that they were dating, pretty much, and they're basically broken up, kind of. Uh, It's kind of vague what their whole relationship is. At least this is what he tells Lizzie. Um, and so he doesn't want her to get sued because, you know, he still cares about her or whatever. Um, so she, uh, I don't think she really agrees at first, but then like he kind of convinces her because she, uh, cause it's not like that big a deal or whatever. He's like, Oh, trust me, you're going to do great. Blah, 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 blah. And she agrees to make the appearance and pretend that she talks with, to Gordo about it. And Gordo gets more and more kind of upset as she becomes more and more involved with Paulo because she's also very into Paulo as we mentioned like she yeah he convinced her to do that because she wants to get in there with it she's like obsessed with him she's she's open for business um and then like the next couple days pretty much are just her continually sneaking out of the hotel um in order to uh go and like fashion shop with him and like hang out with him more um and we also cut back to America at one point to see Matt talk with i don't know who this character is did anyone understand um, no i remember her from the show i remember okay, her from the show I, she's a psychopath. I loved her 
He's the best. She's like his. He had two friends on the show. Lonnie yes, the, never the, spoke. Lonnie like, never yes. spoke. Yes. Lonnie never spoke. And then this girl who I think is Mar- name is Miranda. I, no, I don't remember what her name. No, Miranda. No, Miranda's, Miranda's, Miranda's the best. I think it's. I think it's like oh, Melanie. It's Melanie. It's also I think. an M. It's also an M. Yeah. yeah, and so she was the other best friend, and, like, she's, her whole shake is, like, she's even meaner and more cutthroat and, like, sociopathic than Matt is, but, like, then can, like, be really sweet and fake to, like, his parents. I thought she was hilarious. She was great. I love that girl. Right. And she also but brings so- some good points, like, why, yeah, why the fuck are you doing this shit to your sister? You're not even gonna make money off of it. Like, he's just a dick for no reason. She's at least a dick for personal gain. Just another example of women being the stronger figures in this movie. And smarter. Yes. Than stronger the, and smarter. Than their male yep. Oh, this yeah. Is a very, this is a very feminist movie. It this is. Movie it's is very female empowering. Two women teaming up to take down their inferior male yeah. counterpart. And I literally woke him. up on Saturday morning ready to take on the world after watching this. Oh, yeah. 100%. It was like, like Wonder Woman. Um, <laughs> also, the, here's the other thing. Like, um, back to the scene where he kind of gives the rundown about Isabella. Like, I kind of thought um, uh, he's funny when, like, that Paolo was funny. And, when that, I, and I don't know if we're supposed to be laughing. I can't figure out if we're supposed to be laughing or if it's not supposed to be funny. But when he was talking about, like, um, he's like, the music, it just comes to me. Like, I just, I like, it just, it just comes into my head. And then, oh, you know, yes. and he goes, you know, la, 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 la. Like, yeah. he, like, sings a little bit. Like, yeah, he does do that. I thought that was funny. But I was like, is this even supposed to be funny? No, like, I, don't think, I think it's supposed to be, like a really heartfelt moment like he's just like my and, art my music and that's, the other, and that's the other thing because then watching it I'm laughing because it's so cheesy and bad and stupid I'm like are we actually supposed to believe him like was this actually like a real plot twist well, yeah, I don't no, remember watching this back I was questioning really myself and all of yeah, my intelligence like, at this time in my life like watching this back I was like he's obviously he's obviously lying and the fact that like then at the end like the reveal everyone's like whoa like I'm like there are so many context clues that he is just fully lying yeah but i but at the same time i agree with you that is not that scene makes it kind of really obvious but it's kind of the only scene except maybe like the choreography one where they practice singing that it kind of seems like he's not on the up and up like it's not super obvious like kids it's it's, it's not crazy no, and then the wouldn't. other one then where he like doesn't tell her about the performance yeah like, he, like, right, like yeah. oh low-key like it just happened nbd i was gonna tell you about it and that's when like gordo is like dude like that's like crazy like why would he not tell you like and so gordo even sees it at that point and i'm like right with all these clues we still the end was to be shocked that he was full of hot shit like i was really um confused also lizzie mcguire when she says his name she says palo she's like but palo she doesn't she's like but palo like she doesn't do the italian pronunciation at all and it kind of cracked me up it's it's for the best though we hear her try and speak italian later and it's it's it just doesn't work um but so um Yes, so Gordo, at one point, he and Ethan are on the tour with, with Ungermeyer while she's off gallivanting with pa- Paolo, and he sees two girls reading a magazine, and it's got a picture... Oh, wait, I dropped the Matt thing yeah. altogether. Right, sorry, we, that's how we got on that topic. Anyway, so Matt and his girl, Melanie, like are talking about everything he's done to embarrass Lizzie, and she's like, you're doing it wrong, dude. You gotta try and you know make some money off of this. Send it. Send like all these embarrassing videos over to the Italian press... So it'll look like. Because, uh, wait, stop! You didn't, you missed you dropped something. They they see a pic. Matt sees a picture of, of Lizzie online from an mm-hmm. Italian website saying that she's Isabella, and Matt's like, "That's my sister." Um, but well, she looks exactly like my sister. 
And, but they also the thing that was really funny to me is that the, the one key thing that they're latching onto to make, know that that's Lizzie, her parents do the same thing, is that that's the necklace that her mom bought her. And I'm like, okay, dumbasses, everyone in 2003 or whatever, whenever this came out, had that fucking necklace. Like, that's not like, it's not like a unique family heirloom. Like, it was well, a very popular true. necklace to wear. But also the other thing that bugged me out about that is the fact that Matt has no reason to be on Italian gossip websites. It's yeah. not like he, it's never explained how he just like was surfing the web and came across this picture of Lizzie as Isabella. Um, it, it's, it just comes blatantly out of nowhere. But so, yeah, they, she basically tells Matt that you need to be making some of that money, son. You got to be using this to your advantage. Send these tapes, these embarrassing tapes to the Italian gossip sites. They will pay you and it'll look because it looks like Isabella is embarrassing herself, et cetera, et cetera. And then, but so then somehow, which is even also horribly explained, Matt convinces the parents to fly to Rome to go see Lizzie. Because he misses her for her two-week trip. Like, yeah. this yeah, doesn't make yeah. any sense. It literally yeah, makes zero sense. No, and, like, I get that he was trying to, like, butter the parents, be like, oh, I miss my sister. But, like, it's, obviously he's putting on an act, whatever, whatever. But, like, I don't get why any parent would be like, oh, my gosh, our son actually admitted he liked his sister. Let's blow a ton of money and go These visit her. These people are lighting money on fire, Luke. We know that. We know that they're wealthy. <laughs> We've established this. They enjoy lighting their own money on fire. I also just have a note here that says Gordo is 4'11". And I, wanna, <laughs> I just used this opportunity to make fun of how fucking short Gordo is. He's so yeah, short. that was another thing I was going to get to. So, so the Maguires are on their way to Italy. That was point one. Point two, Gordo and Ethan are out in Italy, and they see these girls. Also, Ethan is very hooked into the idea that Gordo likes uh, Lizzie. Um, yeah, he's and very he's kind of like, he, yeah, yeah. But he kind of tries to help Gordo out with it. But then they see these two girls reading a magazine that has Isabella on it. Lizzie. Oh, sorry. Lizzie. And he says, he's like, oh, hey, uh, I need to go talk. To, and, the, and, well, Ethan thinks he wants to, like, hit on the girls or whatever. And he's like, all right, no, you got to let him come to us, man. And he's like, no, I'm going to go just go talk to him. He's like, no, no, it's, it's, it's supposed to be funny. And then he get, basically convinces the girls to tell him what's in the magazine or whatever by introducing him to Ethan. Because, of course, Ethan is hot as his whole character. Um, and then he finds out from the magazine that they are supposed to sing at the music awards and Paula yes. did not tell that to Lizzie. And so she, of course, and like, he's like, yo, that's crazy. Like you said, that's insane. They didn't tell that you should ask him. He's like, oh yeah, well, you're just going to lip sync. Like, you know, Isabella did. And she's like, oh, okay, that's fine. Whatever. Cool. And Emma, do, do, do we want to talk about the fashion montage? Um, yes. Wanna- also, why, I'm, I think I was wrong. I think why not is played here when yes. you're going to, the, that is that's when they correct. play it. Why not? Um, on like in route to in route to the fashion montage. This is the best scene in this entire movie. I love this so much. She takes her to, like, the fanciest shopping district in Rome, whatever, and to basically, like, a classic, another Disney trope of, like, a fast, snobby fashion designer person who carries a small dog, like, basically the Mugatu of this movie, and um, this crazy fashion designer lady to get her outfit for this award ceremony. This song absolutely bangs i love this song i forgot how much i loved it until they played it and it's the it's one of those classic montages where um 
they all the outfits are insane and like nothing that anyone would ever wear ever like so she's like in an inflatable igloo house one of them yeah, like it's meant to be it's meant to be a comedic montage it's instead of like an comedic. actual like it's, it's it's the classic like and then everyone's like oh thumbs down but like it's called all the outfits are insane um i also liked at the beginning of this montage um she they have people waiting on her hand and foot um they also tell her that they can only speak to her in English because she's practicing English for their next yeah, that, that was wild. That they that also didn't wild. recognize the fact that her voice sounds entirely different when in English. And no accent. And literally, they like they're waiting on her hand and foot, and like she sits down. Like everybody brings her a tray, and like it's like water and snacks and like things that you would expect to be to be brought. And in the back, one of the guys that has a tray, he's just holding a like antique vintage yellow telephone out to her like, <laughs> like and i don't know must she make a phone call yeah unless like but needs to do it on like a phone that you literally like dial with your finger by spinning it like there's a very old phone that i don't, didn't look like it was hooked up to anything because he was walking around with it on the tray and they just gave me one of those things where like were they like trying to fill up these trays and they were like oh shit we ran out of stuff like just grab that phone like from the props room and they put it on a tray and it made me laugh um, but what's the name of the song, Emma, that they do the montage to? Cover girl, We're give it a twirl, give it a twirl, thing, and smile. Uh, the it is that's the song. I can tell you every word of it. I don't know what the actual name of it is for. Work supermodel, work it girl. I'm sorry. Is anyone surprised that Emma and I did not get a record yeah. deal when we were? I wish I'd be understand. charging you guys for this exclusive performance of the Girls <laughs> cover band, but. Yeah, I think it's called Supermodel, and I remember staging multiple yeah, fake fashion so shows in Laurel's backyard, coming out of a tent, and walking yep. down <laughs> to playing this song on repeat Ugh. for three hours. Um, but it's an amazing song. Moving on. Okay. And yes, she has to stand up to the fashion designer lady, and that's her big character development moment. Anyway. Also, this Pomeranian was the, a star. They really stole the <laughs> scene. And um, the... Wait, oh, also... Oh Jesus! I'm so lost right now. I was so thrown by that fucking phone moment. Also, that all the guy, all the men have like full on headsets and Palm Pilots. Really dated this movie and made me laugh. Yeah. But yeah, she basically stands up to the designer and is like, "I dress myself." Like Isabella, dresses herself. Like, and that's when we see. And I, it honestly made me excited because they they like, choices. I need choices, and they give her different fabrics, like create her own outfit out of. And I yeah. see the pale lavender two fabrics yeah. in the lace, and I'm like, I know what's coming. <laughs> I know this outfit is coming, and I I gave me, it literally makes me excited to see it in 20 minutes because I loved it so much. Um, they then also leave that whatever they like. She helps her design an outfit, whatever they leave. And Lizzie just pops in the middle of a busy street, a full-on cartwheel. Did you remember that? No, I don't know. No, that. wait, I don't even... I, were you watching it? No, she literally does a cartwheel, and then goes, Goodbye, Lizzie McGuire. Hello, fabulous. Like, that's, <laughs> like to no one in particular, just the sky. We're, we're, playing, we're playing pretty fast and loose with the exact order of events here, and that's fine, whatever. But there's at some point during, as like all these things get revealed, um, that she's talking to Paolo... And well, they're talking to Gordo about Paolo, and then they insert the line dubbed over the fact that he's supposed to be seventeen, which is incredibly no, yeah. no, that's not believable. Seventeen? They they say that because I think yeah. they recognize the fact that they never address how old he actually is in the movie, and so he it kind of seems like he might be like I mean, an actual adult. Get it, get it with this like thirteen year old? That's yeah. weird. 
It, yeah. yeah, it's not great. And uh, she's 14 at the most, and it's still not great. But, like, the fact that they, like, they shouldn't, they just either shouldn't have said his age and just let it be like, oh, you know, he could be whatever, or they should have, like, legitimately said he's, he's like, our age or whatever, you even know, though he just didn't know Honestly, from it. the way he's dressed, that man, could you could tell me he was 12 or also 37? And I would believe exactly. it anywhere on that spectrum. Like, he's, like, a world-renowned pop star, and, like, we're supposed to buy that he's, like, 17, like, he's, like, Justin Bieber or something. I don't know. It's wild. Also, this, I think this is actually the scene with, from the scene with Gordo, where he's getting the magazine from the girls, and they only agree to translate it for him if they introduce uh, him, <laughs> introduce them to Ethan Kraft. Uh, but this is when we get the Kate Sanders... Um, Queen of low carb Atkins diet, Queen Sanders line that she doesn't eat carbs. <laughs> when he's like, oh, we gotta get some spaghetti, and she's like, I don't eat carbs. And then, uh, I think this is when they're back in the hotel after like Lily does that, pops that cartwheel, she comes home, and Kate Sanders gives my favorite line in the whole movie, which is, I'd eat carbs and if Italian boy bought them for me. Yeah, she does well, yeah. that's That's a good place to go next. So Lizzie returns home at night. Real like really quick, like she just beats Miss Ungermeyer up to a room and she like blow dries her forehead to make it warm or whatever. Um, and Kate is immediately onto her because she looks fabulous from uh, being made over at the. She literally says, "Your eyebrows are done. You have a fresh manicure." I smell the acetone. Like because Lizzie always looks like a trash. Yeah, the way that Kate talks about Lizzie, you would think she literally wears a fucking garbage bag as clothes every single day. Like she's like, "Your eyebrows <laughs> finally match." Like I'm like, Jesus, Lizzie looks good. Leave her alone. Leave Lizzie alone but yeah she is like she knows that she's been out of the hotel because she obviously got this like amazing makeover that to me looks absolutely no different the same and they kind of have like a, a, like a like a moment where she's like kate's like jealous of her a little bit because she doesn't have any italian voice like falling over her but it is a good moment where like kate kind of agrees she's not gonna rat her out like she won't she's not gonna tell mrs ungermeyer miss ungermeyer whatever that she's been sneaking out but i don't Does really know why? why maybe because she's like well, because she, she recognizes the fact that when an Italian boy asks you to drive around Italy with him, you say yes. I don't know. Maybe she. Yeah. I think she just like has respect for Lizzie and her experience. Yeah, I think she moment. like thinks it's cool and yeah. like wants her to like keep doing it. I I don't know. It's it's very weird. But yeah, she agrees to not rat her out, which is somewhat out of character. But like we said earlier, this is a big redemption tour for Kate Sanders, and mm-hmm. it was yeah. And she's like, yeah, at least as long as everything returns to normal when we get home, and like I'm the cool one again, and you know you're back to being a nobody. And Lizzie's like, okay, great, thanks. Um. So then I think then the next morning. Uh, Lizzie sneaks out to go with Paul. There, there, well, there's a scene, I think, maybe after or before, somewhere in there, where they uh, go to there's rehearse. There's a confrontation scene with Gordo before that. Like, after, like, he comes in and Kate's like, yeah, I know everything. Just come in and we can talk about it in here. And Gordo brings up the performance thing and is like, dude, like, he didn't tell you. And she's like, and Lizzie's like, oh, the magazine must be wrong. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a confrontation there. And then he comes and picks her up to go rehearse for the thing. And she mm-hmm. comes out to the car and is like, what the fuck? Like, you didn't tell me? Like, are we supposed to be singing? And he's like, yes, we are, actually. And she's like, uh... And he's like, just get in the car. I'll explain it on the way. And she happily gets in the car, which, again, would any and any other real-life scenario lead to her murder? Like, she doesn't even demand answers before hopping <laughs> in this dude's car. Yeah, she's not great at decision-making. And this is where they go to rehearse, like, this song and dance number, correct? Yes. They go to, like, this very dark theater for some reason, and they rehearse, and she practices lip-syncing the song and he teaches her how to lip-sync it's really not that important that's just what happens but wait i also want to say that lizzie mcguire is a fucking baller she is rocking legit heels at 14 and dancing in them did, did you notice that in the rehearsal scene i did she was like 
Yeah, busting it down in like legit, like probably three to four inch heels. I'm like, I could barely put one foot in front of the other in like kitten heels at that age. So she's really working it. Kitten heels in like flats. Well, you know, I want to point out that uh, this movie came out in 2003, and if 2017 was uh, uh, Hilary Duff's 30th birthday, then she that would have been like 14 years ago. So she was like 16. 17 around there at the time so she's not exactly set 14 or 13 um but so the next big thing that happens is she sneaks out in the morning like usual and uh ungermeyer is like oh gotta run these apricots up to mcguire because you know doctor's orders whatever and then oh, Gordo- wait, there was also a scene after the rehearsal where they were like having a romantic moment lizzie and paolo i don't think they ever actually kiss but they like no, but I, like no. held hands and they look up and incredibly fake fireworks that you can tell are not actually there yes. and we're added in in post continue well, when does the waterfall scene happen what waterfall scene when they like he like walks her no he like walks her they like go they're like walking around and then he like walks her under like a waterfall and it's like a romantic oh, moment there are no waterfalls. Oh, okay, in we Rome. skipped over that. That is literally that is before the rehearsal. He's walking around and he's like, "Yo, like this is why I didn't tell you about the performance. It like just came up. They just asked us, like, and we're also tragically obligated to perform now because uh, another lawsuit. <laughs> another lawsuit brought up. They bring up another lawsuit. Yeah, another like, lawsuit. Oh, they got. He said that we got out of the performance because I said that um, Isabella couldn't sing and that her voice was fine, but then. Or that her voice was hurt, but then because someone heard Lizzie talking outside the gelato shop and reported it, leaked it to the press, they said that Isabella's voice is fine and her English is very good because it was Lizzie talking. So now they have to do the performance, I guess, is what he's saying. Sure. Okay. Got it. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so yeah, there's the there's the fireworks scene you're right. I forgot about. There's also the moment where she looks up and she's like, "Oh, it's beautiful." Then he goes, "Yes, uh. you are." Yes, it's literally that meme of like she was looking at the view, but I thought she was prettier. Like he's like she's looking at the fireworks, and he's like staring her down creepily. Um, okay, so wait, back to the apricot scene. So then the next morning, Lizzie sneaks out yet again, and mm-hmm. oh my god, and like it was hard to watch. I was it like was really hard to watch, and Gordo had to was trying to stop Ungermeyer from going back up there and yep. like trying to like throw himself in front of her to keep Ungermeyer from going up because he knows that Lizzie's gone. Um Lizzie, first of all, is kind of a dick for making Gordo do this. I also know that she didn't actually explicitly ask him to do this. And honestly, I'm a really good friend, but I would probably just let my friend fall on their sword at this point. Like there was no stopping her. She was going up there no matter what. Like, I don't think I would have gotten myself kicked off the Italy trip just because my friend's a fucking dumbass. I can't lie better. Like, but, but also, but, like, his lie made no sense. That's the thing. Like, no, he yeah, lie. it doesn't. His lying is terrible. Like, he literally says, Lizzie's not the one that's sneaking out. It's been me. Like, I'm sorry. How does that explain literally anything? You've been present for the entire trip. You've missed yeah. nothing. And, like, and then... But, like, this is like where her staying in bed has been a cover. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, right. It makes no sense at all. And then, like, Miss Ungermeyer is just like the whip, like, the sharp whip that she is is like, yup, you know, you're uh-huh. going home, Gordon. I, I, and doesn't go and fucking check on Lizzie. Gordo's lie is terrible and bad. And also, like, Lizzie's, like, sneaking out is bad. Like, why would you ever, sne- like, leave the room before you had confirmation from Gordo or whoever that they were gone already? You wouldn't. <laughs> yeah i mean you're not wrong uh give me a second what time are we at okay yeah we can keep going or we can take a break do you guys want to take a break um let's take a break yeah let's just take a quick break it'll be real quick all right see you in a second 
right, so we're back. Um, I think we left off. We were talking about uh, Gordo covering for Lizzie, something like that. Like, it didn't make any sense. Kind of just left that hanging. No, I mean, yes, we did. Basically, the Ungermeyer never even goes up to check. Yeah, it was bullshit. Um, Lizzie comes back from uh, her whatever with Paolo and uh, is like, oh my gosh, it's so magical, so wonderful. Uh, I got to tell Gordo all about it. And then Kate's like, uh, Gordo's gone. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, Ungermeyer kicked him off the trip because he was covering for you. And she's like, Wait, what are you talking about? Why would he do that? And then Kate Sanders, the queen that she is, is like, uh, are you serious right now? Girl, he's de- super in love. She doesn't say that. Yeah, I literally wrote down, yeah. I wrote down fucking slay Kate Sanders. You're really asking her, though, like when uh, you're really getting the questions of the audience's uh, thinking, she literally, the line is, you're seriously asking that question right now. And I was like, oh, Kate with the truth. Fire, fire. Like, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah you're, everybody knows he's in love with you, dumbass. You're the only one that does, hasn't figured that out. And um, Kate serves up some hard truths, but sometimes that's what you need to hear. Also, I in all caps, I wrote Kate Sanders serving Burberry looks in this. Oh my god! Yes. Two piece Burberry outfit, and it is iconic. I just then again another thing because they were in their room about how fucking nice this hotel is. Those beds are insane. Yeah, I was like kind of upset to go to my perfectly fine, like wonderful bed. I was like pissed. knowing that I wasn't sleeping in one of those beds that night Ugh. after watching this. So on top of that, Kate has to explain to her. That uh, Gordo's been kicked off the entire trip. Like, he is at the airport and I'm getting sent home by Ungermeyer. And Lizzie, like, freaks out. She's like, oh my gosh, no, I gotta fix this. Bada, 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 ba. They sprint down to try to call the, and see if the plane's left, which, like, this scene made no sense to me. I mean, it served a good comedic purpose because the guy on the phone was really funny. He was like, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. 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 It was really a good. Okay. It was a good bit, but it didn't, like, what was your fucking plan if the plane hadn't left? Well, yeah, I mean, true. Like, uh, she couldn't have done anything. But Kate, like, the movie and bikes, and specifically Kate points that out. Because, like, after he says, oh, the plane is gone, Kate is like, what were you going to do anyway? Like, drive to the airport or something? Like, what? Again, Kate with the heart. Again, practical. But, I mean, I wouldn't fault Lizzie too much for it. Because, you know, she just feels, like, really bad and is all flustered. That, like, oh, my gosh, I did this to my friend. And also not logical or thinking anything through. Yeah. So we cut to Gordo in the airport as he's, like, supposed to be getting on his plane for America. Although the thing that kind of confused me about this is, like, yeah, she sends him home. I get that. But, like, isn't it easier just, like, to, to wait until you're all going home? Like, how quickly could they have gotten him on this plane? Like, I know he got kicked off in the morning and then this is at night, so it's, like, possible. But, like, that's this is a big chicken, ticket change thing. Like, why not just, like... Make him stay in the hotel or something? I don't know. But then, yes, because then he gets... So he's at the airport, and he sees, like, a kerfuffle off screen, and then he's just like, hmm, hmm, nope, and then walks out of line uh, to go see what's going on with it. And it's Isabella. Also, again, just for everyone the folks home, Isabella is just Lizzie McGuire in a wig (laughs) with a bad Italian accent. and Literally Hillary Duff with a bad wig and a bad accent. So Isabella's, like, all freaking out because she's she's holding the magazine cover that Lizzie is on. So then Hillary Duff, in her bad Italian accent, is like, who? Who is this girl? Who? (laughs) Like, again, it's, yes, it's a very bad Italian accent. Probably the worst in this movie. It's all, it's very accusatory. I wish that I could do it better, but yeah. it's like, who, who is this boy? Who is this Lizzie McGuire? Who is this Lizzie McGuire? <laughs> oh, let him hear. 
Tell me. You tell, tell me. me. You tell me. Come here. Tell me. Like, it's, it's almost Super Mario-esque. It's very it is. funny. It is. It's a me. Isabella. It's a me. It's a me. Oh, yeah. Isabella time. Um, it's, it's fucking wild. So while she's having, like, this freak out about, like, this girl, but uh, Gordo is like, oh, I know her, I know her, it's my friend, Lizzie McGuire, and, like, he's getting, like, shoved off by security, because she's surrounded by, like, paparazzi and also security, but he's getting, like, shoved off, and she's like, oh, that's my friend, I don't know who that is, I can explain everything. And after that, we cut back to, uh, the hotel, and Lizzie tries to turn herself into Angermeyer, because she feels so upset, but then Kate is like, listen, dog, if you do that, then Gordo got kicked, kicked out for nothing, and she's like, uh, fine, I guess I'll just have to do it anyway, whatever. Um, but then we cut to, I think, later the same night, uh, as as Lizzie's parents show up at the hotel. They she meet, they meet up with Ungermeyer, and she's like, oh yeah, she's sick, uh, so it's good that you're here, blah, 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 But then they discover that she's not actually there, because they did the classic pillow with the covers on it trick. And so then they question Ethan Kraft, and he tells them the scoop about the International Music Video Awards, or whatever, and then we cut to that, and Lizzie has to walk down the red carpet. I think there's another good song here as well. I don't remember which one it is, but it was another good one. Um, yeah, it was. She walks down the red carpet, and of course she falls. Probably Naturally. because she was wearing class. Because she's wearing platform sandals. platform sandals. Right, so then they're backstage, and the guy comes up, and he's like, okay, enter there, enter there. So they have to like split up. And Lizzie starts having, like, a mini freak out because she's like, oh, uh, what about my dress? This is in the dressing room. I don't have enough time. Like, she starts, like, freaking out a little bit. And Paolo is all like, listen, listen, listen. You'll do fine. You've rehearsed this. You know all of this. You're going to do great. I believe in you. And she's like, why? And he's like, because you shine like the light from the sun. And then kisses her on the cheek like the creepy is. Um, and then she's like, oh, yes, I can do this. Great. But then Gordo and Isabella show up, right? My notes at this end and this part, I was, I, they are all over the place. But so Gordo and Isabella show up and um, Lizzie McGuire has a conversation with Lizzie McGuire in a wig. And basically the big reveal here is that, surprise, for this off-brand Ralph Macchio dickhole who's 17 and trying to fuck a 13-year-old, he might not be always cracked up to me. Spoiler, spoiler alert, he might not have the best of intentions. Isabella tells her that... Ballo is the one that cannot sing. Ballo. Man, you guys have gotten really buck wild with your pronunciation of Paolo over the course of this episode. It's been all over the place. Paolo. So Paolo cannot sing. He needs the help to sing. And he, she's the one that writes all the music. She's the one that's going solo. He basically flipped the script and made it sound like him. And what he's trying... and. He, they also, like, dated. Paolo and Isabella, like, dated. And that's, like, kind of glossed over. But basically, she's telling him that she, this performance is, he's trying to ruin Isabella's reputation. Like, he's going to, Isabella sings live, and they just go up to the booth, and they discover there's no backing track for Isabella. Right, there's no backing track, because his basic plan is that, that he's going to lip sync like he always does, and then, because he knows that Lizzie is not a very confident singer, he's basically counting on her to mess this up. So he will sound great because he's lip syncing. And then because there's no backing track for her, she's what she's actually singing is going to come out, making it seem like Isabella doesn't can't sing and lip syncs. And then he'll look great. And then, yeah, that's the plan. So then she's like, oh, man, what are we going to do? And then, uh, yeah, then they run up to sound booth, sound booth and then find the backing, find there's no backing track. Wait, also before this, there's a point where she doesn't believe them. She, like, wants to be Paolo, and he's, like, smiling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They kind of try and, like, force um, Lizzie to make a choice between Gordo and Paolo because, like, I think one of them says, like, uh, 
you had like are you gonna believe this guy that you just met or that you're like best friend forever it's Isabella she goes who are you going to believe? This boy you've been knowing for five minutes who says you shine with the light you've of the sun. You've been knowing. That is so good. So yes. good. And whether you shine with the light of the sun or this boy you've known for your whole life, like meaning Gordo. And so like that kind of like snaps her into it. And she's like, fuck, you're right. Like I, 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 I should believe them. And then, yeah, then they discover there's no backing track because Isabella always sings live. So then Lizzie's like, yeah, of course, why would I never not believe Gordo? And is like, okay, then you just go out and sing, and then the whole plan's ruined. And she's like, I can't. Yeah, I mean, Isabella's like, I can't go out there, he'll know it's me, I'll call it off. Just, and she's like, Lizzie's like, okay, and then like, what do I do? She's like, just go get changed, we'll figure it out. Right, but then she goes to the sound guy, who she apparently knows, and is like, hey, do you have the backing track? And he's like, no, there's no backing track for you. And then she's like, damn it, alright, uh, turn down Isabella's mic. And he's like, what? And he, she's like, turn down Isabella's mic, man! And then uh, Lizzie and Paolo make their start their performance. Like they each come out on stage. Have you ever seen? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm really ready to get to the performance. And so Lizzie doesn't know what the fuck's going on, but Gordo and Isabella <laughs> are both in the booth, and they've now mic'd up Isabella. They walk out onto the stage in what is the most iconic musical performance in the history of film. In the history of film, she is wearing. Truly, the and this and guys, when the time this comes out, maybe we'll have a picture of it. I'm being this for Halloween this year. I, this exact outfit I am recreating. It is a lavender purple periwinkle suit with a crop suit jacket crop, with a crop top underneath. With a crop top underneath it. And the tearaway skirt. Never forget the tearaway yes, skirt. Hashtag never um, forget the tearaway skirt. She, the song starts off slow and she's Have wearing a massive such a beautiful, beautiful night. I could almost kiss the stars. The shining so bright. I know, See, I, I could have done great up there without the pre-recording tape for sure i this is a song guys and if you, for the folks at home as everybody knows this is the what dreams are made of song so good this song is legitimately this song is legitimately a bop and like after watching this i was like i need to put this on like pre-game playlist like this song oh. if you want to drink i'm sorry i've exclusively been listening to the listen where our soundtrack for the past three days it's so good <laughs> And so Lizzie comes out in this ballroom skirt and like, and she also has little tiny gems on her eyes. She has yeah. like body jewels. And one thing I noticed in the movie oh, that sorry, I had- sorry, we didn't talk about her body sparkles earlier. Yes. Okay, dude, literally, I didn't notice this, but I'm trying to recreate this for my Halloween costume. She that is wearing a crop top and her belly button is surrounded by a circle of rhinestones. Yes. <laughs> She has stick-on rhinestones surrounding her belly button, and I lost it. Um, it is a hot look. And so anyway, she start, just starts lip-syncing and looks to the side and sees that Isabella is singing for her. So she's lip-syncing like she practiced. They're, bas- they're doing singing in the rain. They're doing a singing in the rain thing. Yes, it is a, it's very singing in the rain. And so they she looks fine because Isabella is singing the words for her, and then... What they do, then they take Paolo's mic down, like take off the backing track. Oh, oh, yes, he sounds like that. It's literally the sound of a dying goose, and <laughs> so he realizes that he can't sing. He tries to power through it for a while. I'm like, dude, run off the stage. No, I'll give him that to his credit. He does try to like, 
kind of save it. But if I were in his shoes, if the woman I have wronged and the woman I am trying to wrong both flag me on stage, I'm getting out of there. Like, these two powerful women are here to take me down. I need to leave immediately. These bitches are here to take you, drag you straight to hell. Like, run while you still can. Like, now Isabella comes out and, like, reveals that it's, like, her singing. And she's, like... They're like massive applause from the audience. And then actually what is actually besides they're not Peter, Lizzie McGuire, the most famous line from this movie is uttered by Isabella to Paolo. Sing, sing to me, Paolo. Paolo. <laughs> Go on, sing to me, Paolo. And he looks <laughs> terrified and horrified and runs off the stage and is outed for being a fraud. <laughs> we still never get answers as to if, if or he is a drug dealer or not. <laughs> and then so they abandons him. Sergey quits on the spot because he disrespected Lizzie McGuire, a queen amongst women. And then Isabella like turns and she's like, "Have you?" And, and Hillary Duff like goes to leave, and Hillary Duff in a wig is like, "Hey, I'd like to meet my new American friend, Lizzie McGuire." And so it's all these people that paid millions of dollars to see this show are like, "Yes, please, a random American bitch on stage." A random blonde American woman we do not know. I'm so excited. This is just as good as what we paid to see. This is just as good as the pop duo that we're in love with. And she's like, but you don't want to hear her sing? And I'm like, she can sing now? So they take over and they do the duet together um, with some really fantastic choreography. The song speeds up to be a real like club banger Lizzie McGuire rips off this tarot <laughs> I mean right hold on Let, like let's not skip over the fact that this is the feminist anthem of a generation yes yes it's the feminist anthem it, it's, and, and then so then Isabella abandons Lizzie McGuire and Isabella runs off so now it's just Lizzie McGuire doing a show for thousands of Italian people <laughs> and she is doing hot ass choreography in these lav- lavender flare pants and <laughs> uh, absolutely killing it we uh, then her butt looks tight. Her butt yeah, looks amazing pants. in those pants. I'm really worried about what my butt's gonna look like in my <laughs> lavender pants. Um, but she is performing, and we cut to like the hallway or like the entrance to the thing, and all of the kids from the trip, like Kate, Ethan, um, Miss Ungermeyer, and then Lizzie's parents, are trying to push through and get into the venue. And they eventually break through, run down to the front, and are super thrilled for her and are just dancing their little asses off in the front row. <laughs> Ms. Ungermeyer is breaking it down and doing the robot. You the have song. never seen such dance moves. Such dance moves. Iconic. This song would make anybody dance. Like there's, there's, you can't listen to this song and especially the idea of seeing this amazing, iconic performance live. You, you would have to dance. I also want to come clean up the fact that I did rewind this and fully watch it twice. Like, I had to write, rewound it, and I was like, I need one more shot of this, because it just went down so smooth the first time. <laughs> like, it was good, folks. And I, I know we're not doing it justice, because it's, it's a visual, emotional sound experience you need to go on your own. Like, you, hearing me describe it is not the same as, like, actually witnessing it, but it's You don't amazing. think that our snippet of the song was sufficient i mean that was basically like being there i had to be honest <laughs> so she has this big performance they go back to the hotel and like the italian press is now interested in lizzie mcguire because she performs i mean i'm sure pretty much like all of italy apparently had a lot of questions about who this blonde Isabel is so they probably need to answer it but yeah so i imagine they when they went back to the hotel the paparazzi followed and wanted to uh, 
uh, get those answers. Paparazzi are taking pictures of Lizzie McGuire's parents, which is like a, actually a really funny bit. They were like posing aggressively for these pop, these pat photos. And she sits down and she's like, oh my God, like I thought you guys, like I was going to be totally like dead and like totally grounded. And like they're, as they're smiling, the dad's like, oh, you're grounded for the rest of the summer, honey. Yeah. And I, I just like, well, he's like, but we're so proud of you. Like it was a very good beat. Um, yeah, as we stated in the beginning, the parents are very good and very funny and glad to see they didn't lose that by the end. They're so, I wish there was more of them because they are so good. They don't get enough to do in this movie. Um, then we also, in the courtyard, Ethan Kraft and Kate Sanders are enjoying, are sitting down at a table and she's kind of like bemoaning to him that like, she doesn't even know anything anymore. Like Lizzie McGuire is like so popular and like a pop star and like she's like lost and Ethan says the line that the only line in this movie that really pissed me off. He's like, girls who think they know everything are so unattractive. Yeah, fuck you, Ethan. Fuck you. He really, he found like so many floors like in my mind in this movie. Like he just like just toppled off of a pedestal. And like, yeah, it's like girls who think they know everything. Listen up, bitch. We do know everything. You're an idiot. Like, you're actually a moron. Kate does know more. You're actually a stoner idiot. Like, Kate does know more than you. Yeah, that's not, mm, that's not good. I find Ethan Kraft funny, but that was bad. That was bad, Ethan. You did a bad job. Also because, like, I don't get why he thinks girls who know everything are unattractive because he's an idiot. Like, he doesn't know anything. Like, by that metric, every girl knows basically everything. Exactly. Like, that is a while. Like, you're an idiot. And, but then they have, like, a cute moment, I guess, because Kate decides to change her personality for a man, which is, this is the one non-feminist beat that I don't love in this movie. But she does eat a yep. plate of spaghetti. But it's weird, though, because in that moment, you're like, but also you're eating food so yeah. i'm kind of happy for you happy for her it's happy and sad at the same time also the glasses yeah. in front of this table it literally looked like they were drinking wine like i'm 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 gonna go on the limb and say it was probably coca-cola but like they're in like it looks like alcohol i was like are they enjoying a nice glass of red wine at the tender age of 13 with the spaghetti <laughs> um, well i mean i hate to be cliche emma but when in rome eh eh Oh, um, you know what? The movie didn't even make that joke. No, yeah, they just no. had too many clever things to say. Like, they didn't have to resort to cliche. They never say one in Rome. No, I, they think they do. No, Gordo does. No, they point. don't. Gordo does at one point on the bus. He's like, "When in Rome?" Like when he's trying to distract Ungermeyer. I swear to God. Maybe. So the other thing that gets resolved is the fact that, like, kind we kind of skipped over a little bit, but like underlying throughout the whole plot of the film is the fact that Gordo has been trying to suck up to Ungermeyer and just failing because she sees that he's just brown nosing because he wants to get on her good side. And so here, like, they meet up and then she's like, hey, you're all right in my book because, you know, you stood by your friends and blah, 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 and loyalty. I didn't pay any attention to it. Yeah. But yeah, he, like, it's like, Ungermeyer hates him from the get and then there is a tiny resolution at the end of this, like, courtyard party where he's like, I know I'm a little brown noser with a hidden agenda, like, I know you hate me. And she's like, yeah, you are, but you're also a pretty loyal friend. Lizzie McGuire told me everything and, like, how you, you weren't actually sneaking out. And then Ungermeyer and Sergei have a moment 
where she's like, yeah. Also, one of my another great line from Angamar, she goes, "Ooh, Sammys," and then it goes to the food. <laughs> yes, they fight over a sandwich. Sergey, yes, Sergey like Sergey is hungry, and then they do this weird like third person speaking, and I'm like, you know that just because he has an Italian accent doesn't mean that he's like illiterate. Yes, like, but she also refers to herself as the Angermeyer in the third person. <laughs> the Angermeyer. Oh Jesus! And then they go up to the Lizzie and Gordo sneak up to the roof. Um, Lizzie actually looks really beautiful in this scene. Um, she does. The, that side very, pony is working for her. It's a very cute side pony. It's a very side pretty pony. dress. She looks really beautiful and, like, dressed down. Um, they go up to the roof. Um, again, we see some incredibly fake fireworks that look not even close to real. And um, they have a little convo about adventure or some shit. And then they kiss. And Gordo, and I didn't like it. And I didn't really care about it because I think she's way hotter than him. She is way hotter than him. I mean, yeah, she's definitely, like, way out of Gordo's league. But I think, like, it's supposed to be, like, his personality that, you know, draws her to him. Like, listen, I don't have anything against Gordo. And I think he worked... I think their friendship was really nice in the show. But I think it's, like, kind of we talked about it earlier. That they never really needed... They never really needed to be... Have a romance. But they did bring it up in the show. So I do think they've gotten resolution here. I think they... So they had to give it some resol- so they had to give it some resolution here. Uh and like all the stuff that Gordo does for her is supposed to be like uh show what a great guy he is, I guess. I don't know. I don't like Gordo's personality that much. I mean I, I mean I I like Yeah, it's kind of annoying. I should rewatch the show, but like as a woman, like I'm not attracted to his personality. He's kind of just like a spineless jellyfish. Like not to sound like Ungermeyer. He is an Ungermeyer. It's, like, it's like as a woman, like I want you to stand up for yourself. Like don't let her Lizzie walk all over you and let everybody walk all over you. Like that, yeah. like bite back and like be like, "Yo, I like you." Like he's just so non-committal and like like if you like her so much, fucking tell her. Like I don't know. Listen, you're completely justified to not be a fan of Lizzie X Gordo, but all I'm saying is that I think the reason that this is given a focus in the film is because they needed to resolve it from the show because they had brought it up on multiple occasions. Yeah. Yeah, which like should never have been a thing to begin with though. Uh also the last thing we get resolution on is Matt's whole scheme because you know, he finally gets his well not necessarily his comeuppance. But his plans are thwarted by an Italian man and a fountain. Oh, yes. He gets yeah. embarrassing. He brings his embarrassing footage and he's trying to sell it to the paps that are in the courtyard. But the amazing hotelier owner person um, who was in the Navy grabs it out of the camera and throws it in the fountain. Because in Italy, we do not blackmail our sisters, which I guess is a rule in Italy that I didn't know about. I assure you that there is some sort of rule that is the opposite of that because Italy is corrupt AF. But yeah. But yeah, so that is the Lizzie McGuire movie, and Oscar-worthy. It's a fun ride. It's a great, it's a, it's a good watch. I mean, I'm sure there's some things, uh, like, as we touched on, there's some things you could really nitpick about, and, like, the story kind of goes some weird places, uh, and whatnot, but it's just a fun, fun movie. You can do a whole analysis on, like, oh, does it accurately represent the show, and how does it work as, like, a finale, and all that stuff, but if you put all that away... Like we basically have. It's just a fun time. It's a fun movie to watch. Uh, and you're going to have a good time. It's such a fun ride. It's great escapism. Um, also, It's like, just like taking off on a Vespa with a strange Italian man. Just holding on to his massive lapels so he doesn't fly away. Um, I just... I... <laughs> I, I don't know. I just sometimes with these movies, I really struggle. Like I don't want to watch them. I put this on. It was on HBO Go, and I had 
the best night. It was so much fun. To yeah, watch. I did too. I poured myself a big glass of red wine and just sat. I through. poured myself three. But. <laughs> okay, honestly, same. It was three, but it was like by the end. <laughs> I don't want you guys to stop listening to this podcast because I was home alone. Also, which was like I just needed like I had a rough day at work. I was home alone. All my roommates were gone, and I was just watching this movie. Had three large glasses of red wine. I will admit to that. And then at the ending credits, I legit got up and was like dancing a little bit in my living room when they played "Why Not" again. I was like, "Why not?" Yeah. Like it's just a fun time. It's a good, good. I literally talked to my dog about it. I was like, "Rizzo, like this movie is just the best." Like, and she looked at me and went. It was very sleep. formulative for me. I will say that. It's ingrained in my life. Yes, I will agree with Emma in that regard. That in many ways she is Lizzie McGuire, uh, and I think this movie and the show are responsible for that. It was very, it was very formative for her. Yeah, formative. You said formulative. Oh, whatever. It's late here, okay? I am sleepy. Yeah, we gotta go to bed. So yeah, I would absolutely recommend you check out this movie. But I would say. Uh, watch Lizzie McGuire, at least some of Lizzie McGuire. You don't need to watch all of Lizzie McGuire, although the show is really good. Like, even, like, it kind of has the reputation of being, you know, like a girl show, but I really liked it as a kid. Um, but yeah, I would recommend checking out Lizzie McGuire in show form a little bit and then hopping into the movie uh, because both are a very good time. I'm sure you'll have a great time with both. This was, like, such a good show. It also, like, taught me what it means to be It was so open. good. It was so informative. Yeah. They covered such important issues. They did an eating. I program. want a bra. I want a bra. That's that is the other famous line from that show. Um, but yeah, it's I love this movie. I can't. I would never think of a bad thing to say about it. Also, if you don't like Lizzie McGuire, but you like flared pants or just like bad Italian accents, <laughs> this movie could be for you. The movie also just really works if you really want to feel what it was like to be around in the early two thousands because this is a time capsule of a film because this movie will whisk you away back to a. Far simpler time. Yeah. If you want a time capsule to what the fuck was going on in 2003 fashion-wise, this is where you need to be. Yeah, they got all of it. From the newsboy caps to the platform flip-flops. And the Tiffany the Tiffany link necklace. It is all there yeah. for you folks. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening along with us as we relive this movie. Especially thank you to Ashley for joining us on this one anytime i hope we can have her back sometime soon get her on a decom proper the cheetah girls <laughs> yes we'll have to see if we can work out uh, a cheetah girls cover band reunion between you guys yes uh but as for right now you can find us on audioentropy.com which is a independent podcast collective uh with a bunch of really great shows like teenage with attitude a power rangers we watch podcast that i'm on sometimes uh totally reprise a totally spies rewatch podcast uh book of Medora, which is a podcast about legend of zelda uh, they're all great. Check them out on the website, audioentropy.com, uh, and on Twitter, on, at, at audioentropy. But you can follow us on Twitter, at Podcast for any hot decom scoops. And, of course, whenever new episodes or anything are going up, because you never know when we might drop a bonus episode like this one on you. Also, I should mention that the reason we're doing this movie is because we uh, put up a poll on our Twitter about what our next bonus episode should be. So since we've done this one, we'll probably put up another one to decide the next one, whatever that happens. So follow us so you can vote on that. Um, I don't think I have anything else to plug. Oh, uh, Ashley, do you have anything you want to plug, as in where people can find you online or anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like to remain anonymous. <laughs> 
Also, if you have the time or inclination, please give, uh, rate and review us on iTunes or Google Play Music or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to us. Basically, if you're listening to us somewhere that lets you rate us, please do. It really helps us out a lot, and we really appreciate it, especially if they're nice reviews, because I that's nice to hear people say nice things about you. Luke, I'm tired. All right, fine, 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 fine. What, uh, where can people find you online? Emma Stone Tyler on Twitter. Good content all the time. Good night, everybody, and good luck. One more time, guys. Hey, now. Hey now, this is what dreams are made of.